the precautionary and specifically measures. Mike Pence, who oversaw basically HIV having a major outbreak in Indiana. Yep. Um, like him being the person in charge of that. I mean, the man like, doesn't believe in science. He, he you like know. literally doesn't seem to. Well, believe. you know, I, I, I saw, I saw a meme that said, you know, his solution is just don't be alone in the room with the virus. <laughs> and it's, but you think about it, you think about it, that's not entirely it's not wrong a bad either. Idea. It's not a terrible, it's not a terrible idea. idea. Exactly. <laughs> of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today we welcome Derek Weston. Derek is the Director of Programs and Volunteers at Hope Springs, a faith-based nonprofit that works on behalf of those living with HIV and AIDS. Derek's also a writer whose recent work was featured in the Our Bible app, and we're coming close to spring. So you're still an avid hater of winter, but I'm changing it to 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 a lover of springtime. So, so as a person who used to live in the D.C., Baltimore, Mid-Atlantic area, Mm -hmm. I know that when spring rolls in, it's there for like five days, and then all of a sudden it's summer. Yeah. Is that what this is, or is this just a early tease? No, this is a tease. It's gonna it's gonna cool back down again. Okay. This is just a tease. Gotcha, yeah, this is right the right. February March. Well, we're in March now, I guess. Yeah. This is the March tease. Nobody get it's the muddy season, right? It's the muddy. The muddy season. The muddy season. Meanwhile, here in New England, it will be winter till June. <laughs> <laughs> you can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Supporters at the shot glass level, a mere two dollars a month, and we got some other levels as well, including interviews with special guests and some exclusive pre and post show video that you want to check out if you want to hear about my uh, adventures in Barbados featuring special appearance by the residents of Atlantis check out (laughs) you had to be there check (laughs) sign up and check check out our patreon and the pre-show um, we were, there's also a level for us to come to a live recording in your town visit patreon.com slash pt live to get started big thanks to our current patrons and you can join the conversation on all the socials twitter facebook instagram youtube use the hashtag pt live this week we're talking about lent mortality and original sin Woo-hoo! Fun topics. oh my i guess i should say <laughs> um so what are we drinking derek what are you as our guest what are you drinking i'm drinking peg leg imperial stout by heavy seas uh they're local right yeah they're pretty localish they're nearby um they're they're baltimore based yeah so uh it's a nice dark stout lots of flavor delicious what are you drinking oh we'll switch to me anyone else so i'm i'm um in honor of ogan's return i'm drinking one of our puerto rican beers that tastes like beach it's 
there. Taste of the beach. It does. It's 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 salty their, and gritty. <laughs> um, so it's from Ocean Lab Brewing, and it is their blood orange blonde. Um, here is their description. The ocean has been an inspiration for many of the world's greatest discoveries. We invite you to discover the freshest beer on the island, manufactured at its highest quality standards and expert uh, care. Come enjoy the flavors that inspire friendship, jubilation, and senses. Our beaches offer the best of our island and so do our beers. Enjoy your ocean born on the beach for the beach. That's like nauseatingly optimistic, seriously. Right? <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, we brought back, we brought back a couple of these, quite a few of these. And, uh, they, it's this, this one I have to say is my perfect, absolutely perfect day drinking sit on the beach beer. Like it is flavorful, but smooth and light and wonderful. So yeah, like we haven't run out of our beers that we brought back to Puerto Rico. I've been saving. Like I'm save, save me, save me one, save me one for when I come down in June. Like right. it just—it smells like orange. Like it, it makes smells. Me want to have one of those. Save, save me one. No, we'll save I'll you save you. We'll save you one. I'll, I'll stop drinking one. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm drinking from the main beer company, um, a stout aged on natural vanilla beans called Mean Old Tom. So, so there's a name for you. <laughs> now, I wasn't gonna read the thing on the back, but after you read your Puerto Rican thing, no, go for it. <laughs> I think it was the summer of 76. I was five years old. And my Uncle Tom came to paint our house. It was a tiny town. It, it was in the tiny town of Louisiana, Missouri, on the mighty Mississippi, where he would take me to troll the roadside ditches to gather one man's junk, beer cans. In honor of his magnificent treasure of beer cans, we bring you mean old tom <laughs> See, that's amazing that's reality right there <laughs> all that jazz you read <laughs> pure fiction this is uh, real. contrast is amazing <laughs> i'd rather be born on the beach thank you i'd rather in, be born on the beach for the beach oh, man, inspired funny. by beer cans from ditches people <laughs> that's life right there missouri beer can ditch right here that's what they should have named it yeah. beer can missouri, ditch. missouri beer can ditch beer <laughs> exactly um so i don't know why this is our first question because whatever but let's have fun with it what's your favorite kind of donut crispy cream just regular glazed right of the oven oh, the by the crispy cream and the hot signs flashing mm -hmm. can't can't beat it yeah that's pretty mm, good that's, that's real good. good i mean listen that's that's just delicious yeah, yeah. right um yeah like i would i've had some i've had some good donuts in my day um <laughs> you like a cake donut i do i do like i do like a cake donut like with cinnamon and sugar sprinkles or caked on it like a good cake donut um i'm not into any jelly filled stuff i just want a good glaze or some some nice sprinkles yeah yeah how about you so i'm i'm um I'm partial to the regular. Now, I, I, the only time I really like the cake donut part is like when it's like chocolate, chocolate cake, and then like the, just the glaze on top. I don't want the big chocolate frosting on top because that's just cake. Like, that's just eating cake. But, um, you say so like I do. It's a, you say like it's a bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just different. It's just different. 
Um, so I, I, I do like a regular glaze. So like the more yeasty donut, you know, with the big air pockets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do like that kind of prefer that kind, but you know, I'm, I do like a chocolate frosted with sprinkles. Like I like some spring, I like some little crunch in it and you know, where do you land on cronuts? So I've only had one cronut. I've never had a cronut. Well, and I had, I ran that 5k years ago. I was at my best friend's house for Thanksgiving and she was like, Oh yeah, we're running a 5k today. And I was like, uh, do you know the last time I ran now? This was like back when like I was running, but like I hadn't run in probably six months at that point. And so I ran a 5k and we stopped and I was like, I'm freaking getting donuts. (laughs) Like I deserve a donut. And it was Thanksgiving morning and blah, blah, blah. So we had cronuts. Um, which at that moment, anything would have been delicious that was mm-hmm. sugary and sweet and, you know, so I loved it, but that was my only experience. Um, so what you need to do is go to Raleigh, North Carolina and combine your love of running with donuts and do the Krispy Kreme 10K. Oh, nobody said I loved donut or running. Oh, sorry. Nobody said that. <laughs> there's no love for running. I, I misinterpreted what you were saying. No, no. Um, but yeah, no, no. so there's there's a thing in in Raleigh. I think it's ten, it's either five or ten. But I think it's ten, where you run five towards to a Krispy Kreme. You eat a dozen donuts. Oh God! You run five back, and you, oh. and, and you puke at which point? I was gonna say, and then you throw up the <laughs> Some, entire way back. Someone has actually died doing this. Like, <laughs> like that does not surprise. That's like that's like having a beer like a a hopping thing <laughs> as running like that's just that's a terrible idea not gonna lie it's on my bucket list um, <laughs> and and speaking of donuts i just saw an ad from kfc and y'all gotta understand that i pretty much have like you know fast food doesn't do the thing for me like it used to sure yeah yeah yeah, but, we, yeah but kfc has this thing now where you get you get the extra crispy chicken fingers and glazed donuts. And I got to tell you, I we might be checking it out. That. It's, the, it's the new double down. It is. That's yes. what I called it. I called it, the, yeah. I called it the new double down. I might got to go check that out. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, what the <laughs> hell? They're trying to kill us all. They are. They are. Um, but see, we don't go to KFC anymore because we have Royal Farms, which Ogan experienced last time he oh, was in the area. Oh, love some Royal Farms. Yeah. That's so like, we don't so eat good. KFC anymore, but we, we only do Royal Farms like once every couple of months. Cause yeah. like it, it's, you're it's, like, I can feel like the can, arteries clocking. hear your arteries. <laughs> like <laughs> your heart beats differently after eating Royal <laughs> Farms. It just does. It, but it's so good. Anybody that comes to the, you know, um, this area. Maryland, DC area, go to Royal Farms. But um, so that kind of leads into, I do, so just side note, like every time we have all the kids, I feel on Sunday morning, I feel like it's such a success that we got out of the house that we do stop at Dunkin' Donuts on the way to church and everybody gets donuts. Um, I buy donuts for their Sunday school class on those days. And then I get donuts for me too. I usually miss out on those donuts. You you do. And the reason is because I had to take the kids to church by myself. And therefore, we all got donuts. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but I do. I have to drive by. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> I would also like donuts. <laughs> Listen. Anyway. 
So as we ask this question, like this makes me feel really bad if anybody gave up like sugary things to have to answer this like delicious donut question. Because the second question is, are you giving anything up for Lent or adding anything? And I hope it wasn't donuts because that conversation itself was delicious. Sorry, so. sorry guys. So can I just say- For beer with our delicious descriptions of beer. So not to jump the gun here, but mm-hmm. I posted two of the questions from today's show on Facebook. Yes. This one. And later on, we're going to talk about our state of worry about the coronavirus. I got like 11, no, oh, 12 comments about the coronavirus and nothing for nothing Lent. about Lent. <laughs> so I think that says a lot about where people are right now. <laughs> yeah, zero. You're so, like so Lent. Ogan, are you a are you a big practitioner of Lent? No. Yeah. No, we're we uh, we we are we're not. There is there is the there is a unity approach to it, which is about giving up negative thoughts. That's primarily where where the Lent um, thing falls. Um, okay. But, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of ritual about it, Yeah, uh, you know, and, and so you and, like, didn't have, you didn't have a service last week. You didn't No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't here. So, I mean, well, right. Oh, right. There's that. So I don't, I don't even know if there was one or somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I go on vacation, I go on vacation. Right. Good for no, you. no, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I added a couple of, I gave, so what I gave up, which is I think understandable, but hard to explain to my nine-year-old yesterday um, who asked me this very question. Um, I, I've given up um, apologizing for the space I take up in the world, right? So not, like I, I am a very typical woman in some ways that I, um like legs arms sure yeah but like other body parts that grew up in a certain way in a certain i don't don't know how to explain it but like i apologize for things that aren't like not even like not my fault like just no reason to say you're sorry for something um derek can almost explain it better than i can I certainly hope so, because I'm not getting where you're going with. I think, well, I mean, the simplest way of saying it is that you apologize for things that you don't need to apologize for. Things that are, like, not offensive. Things that are not, like, it's it's almost like you, at times, apologize for existing. Right. And, like, I think that, and I do think that that is something that a lot of women do, particularly when in the in the presence of men who tend to take up a lot of space um, and don't don't really care about the space that we're taking up. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, being able to say that like, no, I'm not sorry for being, I'm not sorry that I was. I, that- so I'll work a, I'll work a like 12 to 14 hour day. Right. Mm-hmm. And then come home and be like, Oh, I, I'm really sorry. The dishes didn't get done and the laundry didn't get done. And the like, so there's that element of it too. And Derek's like, yeah, because you were doing everything right. Like, right. and by the way, nobody's complaining about this, but right. somehow it's my responsibility that I have to apologize for these things. Gotcha. Um, but it also looks like, you know, walking, uh, like I'll be in the kitchen cooking and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Derek will come in to grab something and like, I'll turn around and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm clearly in your way. Right. When like really in that scenario, and again, I don't mind that he's in my way, like it doesn't bother me, but like in that scenario, mm-hmm. 
that's my space at that moment. Gotcha. And I, I think, I think people who understand kind of understand, but I, but I over apologize for things that I, so I'm trying to just be aware. And again, what the emotional aspect tied to me is like, it's okay that I take up space. It's okay that I exist. It's okay that I have needs and, you know, like, um, like, oh, is it okay if I put on this record or like, oh, I'm sorry, my music was on, let's switch over to your music. Like Derek's like, yeah. what the hell? Like what, why are you apologizing for these things? Do you have some insight as to, as to how you learned that Absolutely, but world? that would be a five-hour-long therapy session. <laughs> that um, tune in, tune into the poll show, people. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, absolutely, I can tell you all about how I got there. Um, no, I mean it. It basically, um, I mean, it comes down to spending a lot of your for, formative life around narcissists, right? Where mm. um, you really did need to. Everything was about them, and you really did need to apologize for just existing you know, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, so I've, I've, I've given that up. Um, I'm writing a postcard every day to somebody just like sending it in the mail, like just as a practice and a ritual of like, Hey, I appreciate you. And that's been kind of fun. Um, I thought there was something else that I'm doing, but I, forgot. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see one in the stack of mail when I got home. Well, Lent just started. <laughs> Again, I didn't, I didn't see mine in the stack of mail when I got home. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody, so I don't know that anybody's gotten theirs yet. You know, I haven't gotten mine. You I haven't keep gotten saying this. <laughs> I don't care about nobody else. All right. Well, you'll be tomorrow then. <laughs> Definitely not getting one after that. I know. I That's to, right. I was about to say you probably just fell way down the list, man. <laughs> what, did, uh, what did you give up? So I, I'm. I'm not giving up anything. Um, I am trying to be intentional about getting rid of clutter. I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> everyone. I was not talking into the microphone. Well, you're um, like talking that way. I, I'm sorry. I was drifting off, okay? I was, I was, in, I was in a different space. Um, our show, our show is boring to the, our show bores the people who are even in it. <laughs> He's like drifting off. Wow. <laughs> anyway um what were we talking about Wait, i'm not up. giving up i'm not giving anything you're not up. giving up are you giving uh, up giving up i i am I'm giving up i'm just giving up um i i uh i'm trying to declutter a little as kind of a ongoing like practice of like saying you know what i don't need this and so I'm, i've been like i've probably gotten rid of like 20% of my t-shirts this week. Um, which are being turned into reusable being, grocery bags. Which are being turned into reusable grocery what? bags. Because of By like, the Sunday school class. Sunday school nice. Class. Uh, yeah. it's, it's actually kind of cool. Right. Um, but so just, just starting that process. Um, and we do a, you know, we do for Lent and Advent, we do a morning devotional, the two of us. And so that's, that's always one of our, our routines. Yeah. Um, but, but honestly, like, the world sucks and like giving something up felt really hard. The idea of giving something up felt really hard this year. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, so I, yeah. So I, part of my giving up was like, I've stopped like nothing related to like 
food and exercise, right? Like I need to let that go for a while, like not let food and exercise go for a while, but like <laughs> as a Lenten practice, right? Like, and perpetuating this kind of um, cycle of shame that comes during Lent. And right. so like part of this for us this year and part of, I think what Derek's trying to say with like the world sucks and I need to is, you know, like decluttering for like, so the other thing that I remembered is I'm trying to take, excuse me, like a surface in our house and every day, like just clear that surface off. Right. So like put the other, like just want like my dresser top, right. Like just kind of clear it off. Cause we are, we are cluttery people like that is. And what we know is like for our, it's good for our mental health. If our house isn't as cluttered as it is. So just like one day, it's a one day at a time kind of thing, right? Like, um, so we're, we're trying to do stuff that's just a little more emotionally healthy, <laughs> if yeah. you will, you know. Gotcha. So, but nobody I said- I, I didn't even okay. remember it was Lent, so that's, right. a, that's a hard <laughs> one to give up anything. So when did Lent, that was last Wednesday, right? That's last Wednesday. Okay. So Derek, so I mean, one of the things I'll just, the last thing I'll say about this is right now is like, you know, Derek made a really good point. And this is part of the, the reason, like, um, is that, you know, when you, when you do take on a practice or give something up for Lent, it needs to be something that like is only six weeks long, right? So it's not, this isn't a time for a new year's resolution to create a long-term lasting change. Mm. Right. Yeah. This really is a, a more concentrated, intentional time um, that like it's it should be just a little harder than a New Year's resolution. Right. Like. Right. And, and I don't mean hard because like Jesus sacrificed for you so you can sacrifice Diet Coke. Like, I mean, <laughs> like that is not what we're talking, which is where which some is what people, a lot of people do. That's what a lot of people think. But like it needs to be something that you're like, no, this is intentional. And it's only for this amount of time, right? Like, um, so anyway. That's because, because it should be, you know, the whole point of it is like on Sundays, you don't fast that thing. Like if you're doing a traditional Lenten fast. Right. And then on Easter, like you celebrate that thing being back in your life. And all the Diet Coke again. With all the Diet Coke. With all right? the Diet Coke and chocolate. And like, and like, I think for some people who try to like start new habits, during Lent, like you're actually defeating the purpose right. of like celebrating that thing being back. Like, you know, I, you know, I, um, so I, I but, but like, I'm not going to like, that's my sorry thing has kind of gone against that in some way. Sure. But, but it's different. Yeah. I, I understand. But, but like, but it is a thing that you're like, you're being intentional about it. And, and, and I think that's, that's a good thing. But like in years that I, like, I always, I always make lamb, on Easter and like that started the first year I ever made lamb for Easter was a year that I'd given up meat for Lent and so like when I made that <laughs> lamb when I made that leg of lamb and it was a leg of lamb like it was a lot nice. of lamb it was a lot of meat it was it was like, it was like going to one of those like, Brazilian steakhouses like, where meat they just is back baby <laughs> we are having meat for days um I was super happy that day and um, then you were in bed were you, were, you, were you going for like a sacrificial lamb metaphor parody uh, or it was uh, so lamb's, I, lamb's good once a year Derek, Derek brought lamb on Easter into my life because I couldn't before that I couldn't do it because of that reason 
or like the sacrificial and i'm like i can't i can't i can't but like you, listen somebody makes you some lamb on easter i'm gonna eat it like it's delicious i, I love me some lamb yeah I it's lamb good every, every, I do. lamb's good dang good so Wait. last week ogan Sorry, oh ahead. do you have one more no, I was gonna say we got we got a we got our first uh, Facebook response. Oh, did we? Lent. Uh, Rachel says, I guess she's given up non-work related Facebook, limited okay. to ten minutes a day. All games deleted off phone. I did that one. See, and things like that, I think, are really good. Like, um, it reevaluates your relationship with those things. It, mm-hmm. and yep. then 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 they can either slowly come back on and work your way in, but you have a more intentional you know, relationship with yeah. them. Um, like even since you did that and Lynn, I think you're more aware, just more cognitively aware about how much time how- I spent doing it. And like, am I using this to disengage from family or responsibilities? And, and like, sometimes yes. And sometimes yes, but sometimes <laughs> that's okay. And sometimes, Right, no, exactly. <laughs> so last week was Ash Wednesday, but Ash Wednesday is an invitation to remember our mortality. From dust we came and dust we shall return. Do you think about your own mortality much? Why or why not? Have you had a recent brush with death where you thought your time had come? So can I answer this? Can I start? Please. Absolutely not. You're the <laughs> Jesus. Um, so <laughs> my, my, my brush with death was turning 40. Um, <laughs> He really did think he was going to die. Like, he really did. Uh, I was trying to have patience with that shit, but I was like, are you serious? The 45-year-old on a panel does not know what to do with that, but go ahead. So, no, no, no. But, like, seriously, like, so there's, there are so many things about it that, like, all of a sudden I have, since I turned 40, started thinking about my mortality more more often like i i have more like nagging aches and pains i have i i metabolize slower like a lot i'm way it just happened like that more gray hair (laughs) it's not like it just happened on january 12th but like it's woke up woke up 40 and it just all started oh my god i'm falling apart um so by the way (laughs) i have spent months going his feelings are genuine. <laughs> <laughs> he really feels she, this she way. Actually, believe that. And I no, I really believe that you feel this way. And I really need to have compassion for these feelings. But oh my god. <laughs> okay. However, here's the pivot. Pivot. The pivot is that like. My focus on my mortality, I think, has actually, in since turning 40, has actually given me some, like, really good perspective of, like, yes, I do need to take care of my health more. Yes, I do need to be more conscious of certain things. But also, like, yes, I need to enjoy life more. Right. Like, I need to, like, yes. not do less things that are soul-sucking and spend more time with people I love and, like... I, you know, it's the, it's the thing they always say. No one, no one on their deathbed regrets that extra hour of work they didn't, they didn't do. Right. Like they regret not spending time with loved ones. They respect that. They, they, they regret that, that chance they didn't take or that, that, that job they didn't pursue or that, um, that dream of theirs that they didn't fulfill. Like those are the things. And I think that is what has happened for me since I turned 40 was like, those things have come to the surface because, I, I do very seriously look at the fact that like 
you know, my grandfather died when he was in his early 70s. And, like, my family has history of heart and blood pressure stuff. And, like, I might be more than halfway done with my race. And, like, that means that I I want to... And then also there's the, like, you know, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. But, like, also... But, like, all of that kind of saying, like, yes, the, the, re- the reminder that we are dust is sort of an invitation to embrace the fullness of life and to not waste moments and to not live with regret and to not pine for what could have been and to just like be in the life that you're living. So yes, I've been thinking about my mortality more lately. (laughs) Good good for you. (laughs) I I think it's a good thing, damn it. It is a good, it is a good thing. It's strange because I, I laugh at you, but I had I had a similar experience during 40 where I woke up the morning of my 40th birthday, looked at my body in the mirror, and I went like, oh, hell no. <laughs> this has got to change. And it was yeah. when I started like working out um, consistently, and um, I, didn't, I didn't right away started changing the food and the drinking and all that, but, but definitely paying paying more attention um uh, to to things so yeah some some happens at at that age so i i um have not yet turned 40 it's coming it's coming for you (laughs) it's what like eight weeks it's stalking you (laughs) a couple of weeks away (laughs) Yeah. Several, several, and, several. And, it's many, many about, weeks away. It's about eight weeks. Yeah. And Derek, Derek, remember that when a birthday comes, whatever she feels is okay. It's her feelings. That I had it's compassion totally, on you. They're genuine. Whatever she feels is bad. Um, They're authentic. I, I may feel them. differently. I'm not having any of the angst that he had. Like he had angst for a year, if not more, about like mm. about this. I I'm not feeling that, but. Um, so I had you're a, not 40. Well, right. Of course. <laughs> that's totally it. Um, I, uh, had a clergy retreat this morning and one of the members was like, she, she asked us, she said, do you all have your funeral service written? And, and I said, I have a folder and I have a folder with like scriptures I like and hymns and songs that I like. And, you know, um, and, and I have the like, if I die folder. And she was like, you know, it took me a really long time to, to realize that that wasn't normal. That like normal people just didn't have their like funeral service laid out. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. Cause I was going to be like, well, she said it, she said, and I said, you know, I, I know it's not normal. Um, but it, it is, it, I learned a long time ago in this profession that it is part of my process mm-hmm. of dealing with my own mortality. That like we, like I have buried children and I have buried over a hundred year olds, right? Yes. Like that, that we, we know not the time and the place. Like I, I, I just, this is part of my own taking a moment and making sure that, you know, in that moment and, and, and honestly, right? Like, and I say this all the time, families will say like, oh, I wish I would have known what she wanted. And, you know, I, yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter at this point because it matters what you want, you know? 
And so ultimately Derek could throw away that file and be like, I don't care what she wanted. Like, this is what I want to say. Like, this is what I want said, you know, and that's legit too. I don't like, I'm not tied to any of he this. He knows better than to piss you off after you're dead. I actually think like given personality wise, I think that you would open that folder and be like, Oh, oh thank God she did. All of this. <laughs> That is one and 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 you've probably experienced this, but in my experience as a minister, most families are most families mm. feel that sense of relief and Just weight off gratitude. their shoulders yeah. when the plans are there, and in in so many occasions, actually planning things when you know the person's dying, they're terminal, and yeah. they know they're dying, and they're making their peace with it, and they're saying, "Here's what you want to happen." It tends to bring people closer together at yeah. a time when yeah. you know all, all, all emotions it's are the last time. gift you're giving to that person yeah. right you're doing one last kindness for them and i i i often i don't know um but like as as a pastor in my contacts like if you open up my contacts with if somebody says to me that that hymn is my absolute favorite hymn I will write it down in the notes of my contact. Like they love this hymn, you know, and, and they love this scripture. They, you know, just because I'm like that, it would really help to like walk into a funeral and be like, she loved this, this hymn. You don't have to use it, but I just want to, I just want you to know. Um, but I, I mean, I preached last Wednesday on seeing, seeing this moment and taking this moment of, looking at our own mentality as a blessing to get like, yes, to reflect backwards, but also to look forward, right. To like these six weeks of Lent for me are, are the blessing of being able to say, you know, are there things I want to change about the way I act, who I am, what I do, what I, you know, how I feel and how I treat people. Um, because it could all be gone, you know, tomorrow. So um, the last talk I gave before going on vacation was the Sunday after Kobe Bryant's death. And, and the talk was about, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis on learning from our life, looking back and what did life teach us? And I said, we don't spend enough time looking forward and asking what is our death going to teach us as well. Right. You know, speculate what, what's your life going to be or how do you want it to be if you die a week from now, a year from now, a decade from now, um, and let that inform um, how you live now. And I don't think we spend a lot of time doing it. Many of us are still afraid of death. Um, many of us are still caught up in the what happens after we die and until we get some like definitive proof or, you know, the flip side, some of us have some crazy ideas, um, then... You I know, think we should look to the people of Atlantis. Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis new man had that all figured out. Visit visit the pre-show for that. Um, but but a lot of a lot of us uh, a lot of folks let let the ideas of what happens after death dictate versus right. death itself. Right. Um which is which is And and I often say this to people like I'm I'm not afraid of death. I am afraid of dying. Like I when I I don't think about, I mean, I do, I do need to process those. Um, yes. On, on the, like, we are getting older even, you know, and there are going to be people that listen that are like 40, just wait, you know, but like, 
there and, there is to yourself by the way <laughs> <laughs> no but like let me deal with my 40 mess right now i yeah. i understand that each you know and i haven't i haven't say this too like what like why is the zero and the five all the difference right um you know i i almost get the zeros make more sense because it's like there's a there's a new letter in front or a new number in front of it right but the mm-hmm. you know one two three four five whatever like but the fives, the fives are the fives are the crossover. You know, before the five, you're closer to the zero you just left. After the five, you're closer to the zero. See, That's for me, of- so I, I, I had trouble, I had trouble turning like thirty-seven because I was no longer mid-thirties. I was now late thirties. But <laughs> because early, right? Early is zero, one, two. Mid is three, four, five, six. Seven. Oh my God, I'm 37. Late is seven, eight, <laughs> nine. Seven became late. <laughs> so now I was in my late 30s. And you know what? Now I'm over it. Now I'm like, bring on 40. It's fine. But anyway. So can I, can I, um, why do you keep asking permission? See, that, that's what I do, only I do it with I'm sorry. Yeah, but see, he's not giving it up. You are, so <laughs> let him I'm be. Not, I'm not giving it up. <laughs> It's not my show. I anyway, got you. I got you, Derek. Um, so uh, I'm interested in the recent brush with death. Mm. Um, have Have any of you had like a brush with death recently? And like, how did you respond to that? Um, my My own death? No, I've not. Mm. You know, but tangential yeah. somebody else dying. Sure. You, you know. No, I think but, this but, is like you were almost of, hit by of, a bus and then you jumped own, right. out at the last own? second. No, I. I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't had that recently. I have had like near car crashes where I was like, oh my God, if that had, yeah, you know, yeah. but not, but not recently. Have you recently? Well, so it's interesting. So we were, we were talking about this not too long ago. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, we went to, to uh, Shannon's uncle's cabin, which is not a cabin. It's, oh, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a, Oh, it's nicer than a house will ever own, but he calls it a cat. It's a big ass mansion in the woods. Um, (laughs) And it's not a mansion. We went, we went, (laughs) we went swimming uh, in this lake, and like I had an asthma attack, like mid, Mid like mid swim, like in the middle of like not water I could stand in, like, and like I, I was in the water, like floating, and like very much thinking, like, hmm, I stopped treading. And like I was not breathing really well. I'm like, why stop trading? I'm going to die, because that's how that how that works when you are underwater long enough. Um, and like he forgets the part that like I could have saved him, <laughs> but okay. She says. <laughs> um, but like it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a scary moment. And like I haven't had one of, I haven't really had like one of those like in adulthood. Like I've had, right. I like, I feel like I had brushes with death all the time as a kid. Right, like every like, other day. I feel like most of our brushes with death happen when we're too dumb to realize that we're having brushes with death. Exactly. Um, but it was like one of the, it was like one of the adult ones that I've had. And it was, it was the feeling of like, you know, worry about my kids and thoughts about my kids and thoughts about who's, who's left behind if I, if and when I go and like, um, I, I think that's one of the things that as you, as you age and start to think about mortality, it's that it's those pieces 
Like, I don't care so much about like what happens to me after I die. I care a lot about my loved ones. Yeah. And like how, how my not being around might affect them. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, for me, like, because of that, because of that experience, that kind of recent experience, like, I, I do think, I do think that that's just something that's very different about adulthood. Um, and like, I guess I should say something different about maturity, not necessarily. Yeah. Adulthood. I was going to say something different about maturity of yeah. like, well, and, and really loving, right? Like yeah. really like having things that you, that people you, that you really deeply love. Yeah. I'm like not wanting them to experience grief, not wanting them to experience pain, not wanting them to, not wanting to ever have a moment where those people question whether or not you love them. You know, more than anything, I think that's the thing for me is like, I don't, I don't ever want to have, I don't want my kids to ever have a moment of questioning whether or not I love them. Right. You know, Uh, um, I, I would say my, last time I remember having that sort of brush with death was um, 14 years ago that right um, a period of time that Jennifer and I always refer to as the summer of 06 that's <laughs> <laughs> when, when we use the term we know what we meant because uh-huh. I was I was on like some kind of camping trip in up in the mountains of Wyoming and it was you know, I don't camp. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but it was it was like a supervised trip through the uh, National Outdoor Leadership School, and I'm in no way disparaging them. They did an excellent job, and in hindsight, realized they literally saved my life. But I was up there hiking, and it is we're talking like I don't know, twelve thousand feet up. Oh, and I long story short, I developed pulmonary edema. Oh. And, you know, they were, they were very calm and measured about it. And after a period of time, they were like, we got to figure out how to get you off this mountain before the trip's done. Right. They never, they never attached to the, so you don't die. Right. Uh, they just left that, that part was, off. That was it got to the, right. It got to the point where like I could, as I'm breathing, I could feel the bubbles in my lungs mm. sort of deal. And I approached it more from a place of like curiosity, like oh, this is cool feeling with the bubbles in the lungs, like oh, God. you know. And then it was like you know, somebody somebody explained on the on the on the in the group was um, a nursing student who like kindly sat me down and explained what that means, mm. right? And mm-hmm. I was very acutely aware of okay, this is fairly extreme. Got to the point where it was like starting to get delirious um, and stuff like that. Um, and when I came back home, though, it was one of those turning points where I realized I wasn't entirely happy with the life I was in. Mm-hmm. And I would have rather stayed up on the mountain mm. and possibly died than come back to the life I was in. I had a I had a basically a breakdown or or as I like to call it now, a breakthrough and <laughs> uh with 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 some sprinklings of PTSD in their eye in short. Sure. <laughs> it You'll get almost, there someday. It almost <laughs> it almost ruined my marriage at the time. And it was also it was also, believe it or not, 
um, my it, it turned out to be like my own personal Jonah and the Whale story because right, the year right. before, you know, felt that call to ministry and was like, oh hell no, um, sort of deal. So yeah. it was, it was it it was a transitional time for me. I think I really didn't realize till after the fact how severe it was and how it could have been that I literally died up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a wake up call. The uh, the summer of '06. So, so yeah, after that, whenever you know, I would have moments where I seemed to be just becoming a little bit unhinged. You know, Jennifer will just steadily look me in the eyes and go, "Remember the summer of '06? <laughs> Let's not have that happen happen again." Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brush, brushes, brushes with death. So yeah, that, that, that made me do life differently. Um, I don't think if that had happened, I would be a minister today. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it would be in this big picture place of contentment that I am. Right. Uh, today. So yeah, here's the brushes with death. Yeah. So I, as we move into the next question has, whether as a child or as an adult, have you personally had one had a brush with death as with an illness like yes. so so that i mean both of you are talking you're talking about asthma you're talking about you know like you're both talking about breathing issues but like so well eh, no i guess not um i mean i it doesn't have to be like as extensive have, as cancer I mean, and now you're cured but like the fir- so the first year um i have chronic bronchitis and the first year before it was like accurately diagnosed the first year that it came on was was miserable and like i missed weeks of school i was in a lot of pain just coughing nonstop, like cough through the night like couldn't sleep coughing um that was really bad like it was just, it was really bad and and the reason i i say yes to that immediately was like um because i i became suicidal um and um because of just kind of the the seeming endlessness of the illness right um but like the illness itself wasn't going to be fatal for me but what felt like the the eternal nature of the illness um definitely made me like not want to live I don't think I've ever got, gotten that sick. I can't recall. Yeah, I mean, so our next question is um, about the coronavirus, right? On a, and, and we talked about this a month ago, but it's different now. Like, but on a scale of one to 10, 10 being totally alarmed, <laughs> and that's in all caps, all by the caps. way. <laughs> How worried are you about the coronavirus? So, Ogan, let's start with some of our Facebook responses to this. So, some of our Facebook responses. We got we got quite a few. Um, Ryan gives it a solid four, and literally says that I'd give it a solid four. Rob also <laughs> gives it a four. Uh, Manuela says no fear of the virus, but very scared of the irrational behavior of people. Mm. With you, my friend, every day. I, I think so that's real. so real. <laughs> that's so real. <laughs> so, like, Brad Darren posted it. it like a, a, uh, okay. Sorry. Oh, so Darren posted it, and a lot of other people have. You know, like, when Britain, during World War II, that was like, keep keep calm and carry on. Like, you pose it, and it was like, keep calm and wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> like. So, funny you see that. Uh, Jim, uh, minister and on-call hospital chaplain, 
Um, he gives it a solid eight and he says, I wash my hands frequently, but I am worried. Um, Brad, six to seven. Um, let's see, Mark, negative two. <laughs> He's like, okay, the general flu kills over 60 people annually. I think it's more than that. I think it's more than 60. A lot more than, tens of thousands of people die from the flu in the world. I was going to say, like... <laughs> But negative two. I'm looking that one up right now. There you go. Uh, Rebecca, uh, she gives it a, uh, she goes, I suppose six. So, you know, working up to that six. Sounds like a 5.8. Um, <laughs> works in the healthcare the field. The Russian for, judge brought it up, though. There you go. For a major hospital, um, she says elderly are getting hit hard. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they say. Most of the people who already have some underlying conditions. Right. Um, conditions so I, I said, by the way, 56,000 people annually yeah. die from the flu. Tens of thousands. Yes. Uh, 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 but, Not you know, 60. Hey, maybe just 60 in his town. We don't know. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe he meant 60,000. rounding up to 60,000. Right. But um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So one of the things. Maybe I, 60 people he knows personally. <laughs> Wow, that would be a lot. That, that would be, be that lot. would be like I uh, would like, like dude, like, maybe it's you. <laughs> like, Eleanor, <laughs> Eleanor, my favorite response. Uh zero, wash your hands and have a beer. I like that. I, Listen, that's not bourbon, bad, that's not bourbon kills a lot of germs, friends. Not a bad So advice. we are we are we we're we got we are all we are all over the place uh, with that, but nobody what did we get? The highest is an eight, but yeah, nobody nobody's panicked at ten level. Yet. High, though. So so the comment that was said to me about so the the group I was with today um, asked, and I said, you know, I'm really just not that worried about it. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I, I really am not saying this to be rude, but I think that that's a a privilege of being younger. And I said, you know what, I I think I you're right. Like I agree. Um, I said, now the other side of that for me is. I have a parishioner who works for, she used to work for the CDC. Now she works for um, uh, the Johns Hopkins um, infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. And so she was texting with me about this and, and she said, you know, as a church, we may want to think about like not passing the peace or telling people to, you know, whatever. She said, we're, we're kind of a huggy congregation anyway. So there's, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, to be honest, it's actually Lent. And I usually, I don't do the piece during Lent. So it's kind of good timing in that direction. And, and we, we have hand sanitizer at the doors and, and things like that. But that really helped me. Like I have a per so that was the other thing I needed to recognize was like, I have a person that I can text right now and be like, hey, should I worry about this? You know, and not everybody has that. And let's be honest, news is not trustworthy anymore, uh, um, even from you, the sources we love, right? Do you guys watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? No. Because his last show, he, he was in the question of, you know, how worried should we be? And he says, you know, some people, people are asking questions like, you know, would bleach kill this thing? So he's like, you know, he says, should we be worried? We should be, but just a bit right now. Like right. you know, we shouldn't right. be at the at the level where we're like you know chugging bleach, or we shouldn't go around. Was like churches need to have a contingency plan and blah yeah. blah 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 blah. And I was like, you know, I don't feel the need to go that far right no. now. Like I don't, don't feel the need to like put out 
warnings to everybody right. stuff, right? Like, yeah, he says, don't I mean, also be on the- for a snow emergency. I can follow those procedures for needing to close for a virus, you know. Don't be on the other extreme also where you're like, you know, licking the subway pole because you feel- well, Exactly, yeah, you, you right? Like, sick. So wash your, wash your like, hands. Like I have been washing my hands longer than no, like what I would consider normal. Yeah. Um, so if you watched or listened to last week's show where our Eric Thomas was on, um, in his book, he likes to tell the story about how black people sing Stevie Wonder's version of Happy Birthday mm-hmm. and not the white people version of Happy Birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the wisdom is, right, if you sing the, ha- the, ha- the Happy Birthday song while washing your hands. And so he put out on Facebook, he's like, I'd be washing my hands for four hours. That song is four hours long. And Stevie it's- Wonder version, it does go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It was a really funny kind so of So maybe we should switch to the... Stevie to the Wonder. Stevie yeah. Wonder version, yeah. right? In, in like, cases, Stevie cases Wonder like saves us again. Again, So right? it was fascinating flying over the last few days. Right. At airports to watch, first of all, anytime somebody sneezed, anyone within audio range of it, like, like quick head turn, yeah. panic. How dare you? you know, <laughs> if the person sneezed two or three times, there was like visible backing away. Have you like I've actually noticed like how much people touch their face as Ogan touches his face like (laughs) (laughs) but like I've been like oh my gosh he just like wiped his nose I'm not touching him right like but so in that case like I have to say it's heightened those but those are those to me are basic hygienic things sure right that is not me panicking right but but it's what I'm saying is fascinating that um, other times people don't notice a person sneezes twice no one's right. taking notice now everybody right. is like who the hell was that how right. dare you sneeze in the presence of who we are and I, and I actually overheard you know people with friends somebody else sneeze and they're like you think he's got the coronavirus i'm like for the god's sake man it's an airport right. <laughs> we're always sneezing and it's still right. cold and flu season. By it was the also way, fascinating to it's watch not only people. not it's not only cold and flu season like it's allergy season for it's me exactly so i am sneezing like crazy right now because it's getting warmer and things are starting to bloom but hey like, hey like our like our dear leader says you know it's getting warmer that'll kill the virus that's in not April, how that works. That's not how it works. <laughs> and that, so I'm surprised nobody on Facebook said this. Like, this is where my worry goes from a one to a three. What I don't have confidence in is this administration's ability to right. actually and, protect and, and specifically do the precautionary and specifically measures. Mike Pence, who oversaw basically HIV having a major outbreak in Indiana. Yep. Um, like him being the person in charge of that. I mean, the man like, doesn't believe in science. He, he you like know. literally doesn't seem to Well, believe. you know, I, 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 saw, I saw a meme that said, you know, his solution is just don't be alone in the room with the virus. <laughs> and it's, but you think about it, you think about it, that's not entirely it's not wrong a bad either. Idea. It's not a terrible, it's not a terrible idea. idea. Exactly. Um, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the other fascinating thing was people with face masks. Um, yeah. you know, right, the, right, the face right. Masks, which, which, you know, really kind of not making a difference. But I also found it curious people who were wearing the mask, but then would take them off to talk to somebody, <laughs> pull them off their face. I'm just sitting there going like. Or, I, to, or to, they would take it off to sneeze. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I saw yeah like that's, that's I'm like, that's not the point. That's how this works. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I will say I, I had to like one thing where I do have like a tiniest bit of concern is like so I was asked to wear a mask at one of our partner organizations today and like I work in an organization that works with people who are living with HIV and therefore people are are immunocompromised. Yeah. Right. And so like I do very much worry about were this to become an issue with some of the folks that we serve, you know, yes. who are already dealing with immunodeficiency issues. And that's who should be wearing the and, mask. Those yes, who work with exactly. people. And, and I think have those. that's the that's the problem is that I think because of panic, we divert resources from the places that are actually right. them. Yes. No, they're the people who should actually. I mean, from us. what I understand, if any of the three of us got this, it would feel like the flu or a cold. And it right? would suck for a week. And it would suck for a week. Yes. And we would need to be maybe, isolated. Maybe and and no, there's not like a there's no tam but it's like think about like Tamiflu is new in my life. Yeah. Like I've gotten the flu many times over my life. I've taken Tamiflu once, right? Like this is a new thing. So they're like, oh, there's we don't have a drug for it. Well, like we didn't have a drug for the flu either for a long yeah. time. So but but the drug, the drug was the price is right. The <laughs> it was all day tv that was the but but you know i was reminded of that by a very close friend of mine who has ms and she is she is at an eight or a nine and like mm -hmm. again because for this would be a life or death situation sure. for her yeah and so i i I want to be respectful of that when I roll my eyes at this, right? right. I want right. to be respectful that I serve a congregation where they are the most vulnerable to this. And yet I get to say, no, kids go to school. It's fine. Like we're all fine. It's going to be fine. You know? Um, but that, that is, that's where I get to recognize, like I am coming from a place of privilege saying that, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause there's, I mean, from a science perspective, like our kids getting it is actually probably a really good thing because that's where the immunity is going to come from. But not that I want my kids to like, you know, get the coronavirus. I don't, I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, we don't play this part for that. <laughs> You've never listened to pub theology before, but you got to hear what your dad said. <laughs> well, one of them's down the hall. So. <laughs> So last question, um, have you ever, what, what have you read or watched lately that you'd recommend? Oh my God. So <laughs> on Hulu, have you guys seen Letterkenny? No. Oh my God. You, this show is so bad. It's good. Letterkenny. Honey Letterkenny? Letter? Letterkenny. Like it is L-E-T-T-R-K-E-N-N-Y. It's, it's a small town, small Canadian town called Letterkenny. And it's 5,000 people, and these are their problems. And basically, the town was divided into the hockey players, the, like, golf meth heads, and, like, the hicks. And to see the three of them interacting, seriously, it is I, – I, Wow. The last few days of vacation, for some reason, Netflix stopped working on my tablet. So I'm like, hey, what's on Hulu? Yeah. And this is a Hulu original, and I – I've been laughing my ass off. Oh my gosh. Letter letter candy man. So Crazy. we we just started High Fidelity on Hulu. <gasps> loved it. Love it. So we're only three episodes in. Um, I loved the book. I loved the movie with John Cusack. Like mm -hmm. I love this series. 
Like it's really good. It's really good. And you know, we had a quite a long discussion about Zoe Kravitz and <laughs> if she has any kind of feeling one way or the other of like having two parents that are so freaking hot. And then she also is a certain level of hotness. And like, if there's some sort of complex there. Just wondering like, am I as hot as my parents? Like, that's not a thing. That's that, not a question that's I would- a thing that anyone should have to worry about. Given and, and she does. Given, given her, her stardom and the amount of magazine covers and stuff she's been on, I don't think she's worried about that at all. <laughs> I mean, her dad, her mom, and her stepfather Seriously. are, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's even arguably, like, they are the three hottest people on the planet. <laughs> like, period. No, so, I'm saying Count, is, Count Isabella Ford, because she does it for me, too. So, so that's, uh, oh. sorry, Zoe. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, and so we were actually blaming Lisa Bonet for the problem because she did it twice. She did it with Zoe, with Lenny, and then she's got two kids with Jason Momoa. Like, you're just creating these ridiculously beautiful people in the world. Superhumans. I don't think she's losing any sleep over I don't think she cares. No, I don't. You know what? I'm for it. I'm for it. Actually, this is actually not a real problem. So we watched, uh, yeah, we watched Hunters. Hunters on Amazon Prime. Uh, dark, 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 but, but really, good. But really good. But like, did a really good job of like making hard things funny. And like, they they brought in some humor around episode two and three. And Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother is hysterical. Oh my god! You Not know, I. Uh, the clips I've been watching of that makes me want to get back on Amazon. You I know, mean, on my Amazon boycott. Yeah, I, I, I know. Well, I, I'm it, sorry. It, it's making me want to get back on. But it, that's, it's, that's the one thing I missed about right. The only thing I miss Amazon. Yeah. they do some good TV, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, that that has good. been really good. Um, so I read I read our Eric our Eric Thomas's here for it, and it's beautifully written. It's made me cry. It made me laugh hysterically many many times. Um. And especially if you're looking for something right now to lift you out of politics and virus and, you know, everything else, like read here for it. It's super good. Um, super, super good. Yeah. So you're um, in the midst of reading it. Or- no, I'm actually, I actually was, I decided because we, he is a, a friend of ours. Yeah. Um, and he started talking about how proud he was of the audiobook. So I listened to the audiobook, and the audiobook is money. And like and ever after we had that conversation last week, I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and listen to the audiobook. It's so good. So, um, yeah. did you? I don't remember if we talked about this. I think we might have because it's ringing a faint bell. Uh, Messiah, have you guys watched this on? Yes. We have watched Messiah. Yeah. 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 Like that. That's, we did like it. That's a good also, show. the Chef Show has a new series, a new um, uh, season, which we like. We like the Chef Show. Joy uh, only just told me about that this weekend. The one oh, with, so uh, with, so with what's his name, uh, John yeah, Favreau. Uh, John Favreau. Jen, John Favreau. And like, if you've seen the movie Chef, it's I better. love the movie Chef. And, and it's and like we watched that like right before we started yeah. the show. Uh, yeah, watch the movie seasons. and then it's so good. It like, is. It's, it's just like the best kind of like heartwarming wonderful entertainment it's great i'm 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 reading a few books right now but the one that is holding my attention the most is called why good sex matters nice and it's written it's written by a woman she was a sex therapist and i was like a neurobiologist or something 
and it's really about it's really about how we part of the issue we are having in our society where we're just in this like constant like fear or heightened anxiety sort of place is because of anhedonia which is basically the the sheer opposite of living pleasure Mm. so she's like our pleasure the pleasure centers in our brain have really kind of been like numbed out by you know the proliferation of all the crap out there all the anxieties being generated you know um the 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 false connectivity through technology sort of deal and not real people in real life right um so i haven't gotten to the part yet where she talks about her tact and part of the tact and how you deal with this is reconnecting really with your sex life right is yeah. because that's one of the first things to go when that part of your brain is shut down so use it to activate it yeah so why good we called it the best part of adulthood last night good sex there you go the best part of adulthood yeah for some people <laughs> teenagehood as well but well <laughs> i'm not i mean not, i think there's an argument to be made me. that well me either but <laughs> I think there's an argument to be made also that as you come into your own being, sex gets better with your partner or there, maybe not, maybe other people don't feel that way, but anyway, so that's so a whole nother show. It is a whole other show. <laughs> maybe a better show. Maybe a better show. <laughs> but I think I, so from all the things I've read, it's like teenagehood is like the awakening. So you're obsessed with it. And then, you know, you get into adulthood and you got to deal with real life and there's kind of like the, eh. and, and part of this book talks about how young adults, the young adults now are having the least amount of sex ever, despite. Well, that, I think that's very real. Yeah. But then apparently in your old age, it pick, it's picking up again. Thank Listen. you, Viagra and adult <laughs> nursing homes. So, you know. You answered too quickly there, babe. I don't know what babe. you're laughing at. <laughs> I was going somewhere completely different than where I think you think I was going. I was, I was just about to say, like, one of the issues that I'm dealing with in my work is just the fact that, like, older people are having unprotected sex. And, like, that's one of the yes. issues right. around the HIV yes. community is, like, there are, first off, there's just, like, the a large population of people who never thought they would live right. as long as they have, who are living right. really healthy lives. And now they're sexually active. And they're celebrating it. And they're celebrating and they're they're forgetting things like condoms. And like Because condoms are for teenagers, right? right. Like that's like, the we have, to teach, so, them, we have so, to teach them how to be safe too. I, I don't wanna be I don't wanna be like, you know, dark about this, but if if those if if all they're doing is spreading it amongst themselves because all of them are celebrating their old age and they're just having a good old time. Like, I ain't angry at them. No, I mean, listen. I, I, I'll well, also... but not all of them. Like, some of them are like 50 and 60, and they're going to live a long time. And That's yet true. there's some compromised immune systems as well. Yeah. And I thought you were saying that you found that to be true in your life. I have, I have, <laughs> well, I have not reached old age. Okay. Uh, oh, see, that's only, new information. I'm only 40. <laughs> because last month he was dying. <laughs> Only so the only other thing I want to say about that as <laughs> as the um, female on the show is that, like, I think that that trajectory is very true for men. Like, um, I have understood this to be true for a long time, but going through it, that, like, women actually reach a sexual peak around 40. 
mm -hmm. um, that that is a time, you know, that, that they have equated that to like the way um, hormonally, the way a man feels about sex, like their desire at 18 is the way a woman feels about it at 40. And so that may be some of that reason of the upswing once you get into. That seems very unfair. Long live Cougar Town, man. <laughs> it's working out. That seems very unfair, though. <laughs> seems very unfair. Well, well you know, honestly, so honestly, I, I, I rather be in a place now than where I was as a teenager where, you know, un, un, unpredicted boners like every 10, 15 minutes. In the, when you're out I mean, that's about. the other thing though like if i get turned on nobody knows okay, i don't i don't want to go back i don't want to go back there you know that's real you know yeah. and 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 yeah. honestly you know not to stereotype but 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 you know i think a lot of men still are thinking about sex now in their 40s and 50s as much as it is a teenager so you know in, sure. in, in up, up here sort of the same but yeah, at least we have better control of the physiology. That's fair. Yeah, you know, so I'm I'm okay with where I am. Do you, do you guys do you remember the uh, the survey they did about uh, when they asked people the ideal age they want in a partner and the the response that they got? No. no. So they sur so they surveyed men and women of all ages, and mm -hmm. when they asked about the the ideal or you know if you could be with anybody, you know, what age would you want them to be? For women, it was pretty much either five years older or younger than whatever age the the person was. For men of all ages, it was twenty five. We men, we men wow. have problems and a long way. Wow, to go. <laughs> that's no, that, no. I think we should wrap up the show now. Yeah. <laughs> well, a big thank you to our special guest, Derek. We'd like to thank the originator of Pubsiology who came up with these questions and we answered some he didn't ask, Brian Burkoff. <laughs> and to our producer, Derek Weston. Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram TV. Sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive for more content. If you would like to find or create a pub theology in your town, um, visit pubtheology.com slash directory for more information. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.